Excellent. So I remember being a kid and thinking, okay, today is July 1st. Only 177 days left until Christmas. You know, this is a milestone. I loved the Christmas season. I loved the lights, the chill in the air, these mysterious parcels of toffee and fruitcake arriving unbidden from grandmothers and aunts scattered across the country. But most of all as a child, I loved the real reason for Christmas, the point of the season, presents. <laughs> I loved Christmas morning seeing this giant stack of loot perfectly wrapped and the hedonistic pleasure of just tearing those apart and finding G.I. Joes and video games and boxes of Legos and then I would play with them for approximately 45 minutes and then they would be put in some sort of toy box or the back of a closet or whatever and then I would think, okay, it's only 365 days left until Christmas. And I wish I could say that this was a kids say the darndest things kind of story, but in fact this is the entire story of my life. <laughs> If only I can get into this college, everything is gonna be perfect. My life will just be ideal. If only I can date this person. If only I can get this job, or this promotion, or these accolades, or make these friends, I will have made it. I'll be set. Everything will be great. And time after time, they're good things. I'm happy about them. They add to my life, they're great. Sometimes I even see beauty or truth or goodness or love through these things, but none of them end up being the end-all be-all. And this is not because I am totally greedy or I am just fated to be unsatisfied with life forever. It's because I, like every human being, have this infinite capacity for desire. And as soon as one desire is fulfilled, I move on to the next one. But this is not a hopeless state to be in. So if you have an infinite hole in the ground, you could toss in bank buildings and school buses and blue whales, it's never gonna get full, it's infinite. But if by some chance you happen to be the owner of an infinitely large boulder and you throw that into the infinitely large hole, it is full. In the same way all of us have this infinite desire, there is one who is the infinite fulfillment of our desires, and that's God. And the season of Advent is the season the church gives us to contemplate the actual fulfillment of everything we've been looking for in life. This both happens in the first Advent, in Christ's incarnation, but that's the private Advent. That's the little Advent. That's the Advent which happens to Joseph and Mary, to some shepherds, some wise men, some angels. That's the Advent which happens to a few hundred people who Jesus heals, a few thousand people who Jesus feeds or teaches. But it's not, in the grand sweep of things, a very large sample size of humankind. And then there's the second advent. There's Christ's appearing in his glorious majesty to every single human being, living and dead. It is the end of time, the culmination of time, the fulfillment of all things in Christ. 
we hear gospels like today's and we think this doesn't sound like fulfillment this sounds creepy it sounds like a horror movie the sun and moon going dark the stars falling from the heaven this sounds like well what it really sounds like is 19th century evangelical fundamentalist theology in which the end of time is the worst thing that can possibly happen to you. But for almost 2,000 years of Christians before the 19th century, that was not the case. So early Christians would pray every single day, multiple times a day, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is this prayer for the coming of Christ, the end of time. The oldest prayer, maybe, that we have in the New Testament is so old, it's not written in Greek. It's written in Aramaic, the language the, gospel, the apostles spoke at home. And it's Maranatha, come, O Lord. The old prayers are come ASAP, because this is not going to be a terrible horror movie. This is going to be the best thing ever to happen to the creation since the creation of the creation. The Venerable Bede, writing about this gospel, said that, he didn't exactly say this, but he said something like, the darkening of sun and moon and stars are not darkness covering creation. This is not like somebody walking into the room and flipping off the lights. Instead, this is like having a room that's illuminated only by a birthday candle and someone turns on floodlights. Suddenly the light of that candle is as nothing compared to the light filling the room. In the same way, the darkening of sun and moon and stars in this gospel is not the extinguishing of the sun and moon and stars. It is the true radiance of Christ, the light of the world, the source of all light coming into the creation. And everything besides him seems dim. And so in a romantic relationship or a friendship, or the adulation of other people, I might get this little teeny tiny inkling of the fullness of the love of God. That in itself is incredibly valuable and beautiful and one of the best things we have, but compared to the fullness of love staring me face to face, it will seem like a very minor light. I might have a sense of beauty or safety in a possession that I buy or something I give to another. And that in itself is wonderful. Beauty is great, safety is great. But that compared to being face to face with him who is the source of all beauty, with God the Son incarnate, the source of all peace and safety and joy, it's gonna seem like nothing. So what will it be like when the infinitely large boulder fills the infinitely large hole in the ground, when the infinitely large Christ fills the infinitely large hole in our hearts. What will that fulfillment of all desire, that cessation of all desire be like? St. Benedict says that the whole goal of Christian life is just one thing. There's just one point in the Christian life. And that is learning to prefer Christ to all else. And so if you make strides down that path, if you make strides down preferring Christ, the signs of Christ, beauty, goodness, justice, joy, harmony, light, love, peace. If you make strides down that path, preferring Christ to all else, 
when you receive that fulfillment, you're just going to say, fantastic, amazing. This is what I've been looking for all my life and everything I've ever done. But if you don't make strides down that path, you might think, wow, the source of all love and joy and beauty and truth. But I also kind of miss my golf clubs. I was kind of looking forward to those post-Christmas sales and now those aren't gonna happen. You know, time has ended, I never got around to that kitchen remodel, that's a little frustrating to me. I really miss looking for fulfillment in greed, in the judgment of others, in pride, in gluttony, lust, gossip, all these things where I've been looking and looking and looking for fulfillment, that's kind of still where I wanna be. And so Advent is this wonderful gift of the church in which we are given the opportunity for, for a couple of weeks to look at our lives from the perspective of the end of time. Not to feel guilty, not to feel like jerks, but so that we can start saying, okay, what will it be like to live face to face with Christ? What will it be like to live in heaven? What will it be like to be totally fulfilled? Why don't I give that a shot here and now? Why don't I start down that path, that heavenly life, that life of joy and truth and beauty and peace and justice, all those things, making those the source of my fulfillment rather than all that empty stuff. Because if my hands are filled with empty stuff on that last day, it may be that I won't have any room. But if I put all that stuff down, then I will be free to receive the one single, worthwhile, fantastic, utterly fulfilling, great Christmas present, which is God himself with us and for us for all time. And that sounds like a Merry Christmas indeed. Amen.